My name is Ben and today is the 28th of August 2020. This interview is taking place via Zoom. So uh, I'll start with questions. Could you please tell me your name and the year you were born? My name's Rachel Toner and I was born in 1971. And where did you grow up? was born in Drumchapel, Glasgow, but moved to the Outer Hebrides until I was 10. And then we came back and returned to Glasgow. So I've been a Glasgow resident ever since. Ah, right. That's cool. What part of Glasgow do you live in? I'm in the West End. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What's that like? I mean, what, yeah, what's that like as a part of Glasgow? I don't know Glasgow very well. But like any big city, there's yeah, no... it's, it's quite a kind of transient area. It's got universities and uh, galleries and, you know, so it's quite a busy, student area. Uh -huh. um, yeah. So. That's cool. And um, is that where you studied art? You said you did a fine art degree. I didn't study art in Glasgow. I studied art in Cumbria Institute of the Arts um, in Carlisle. Um, so I did that there. I started, uh, I used to work in the catering industry and uh, I started night classes um, doing life drawing at Annie's Lang College and I had no qualifications from school or anything like that. I was an uh, underachiever. <laughs> but I uh, decided to do night classes and then that just kind of, grew arms and legs and I started doing an NC and HNC in art and design and then I went to art school and I got a degree um, at Cumbria so yeah. And did your artwork while you were at Cumbria have anything to do with mental health or did your kind of practice and, and your interest in mental health develop after your degree? Um, not particularly while I was at art school. That was much more about exploring art practice and um, studying sort of, you know, concepts and so on. I think my relationship with art and people comes from being very sociable and working in the sort of hospitality industry, but also married up with being an artist. It, kind of ended up developing into being interested in working with people but using art as my medium so um yeah i think that's probably how it happened really at the very beginning but uh, i think probably uh, it was a friend who had put me sort of forward when i graduated uh, to an organisation called Theatre Nemo, who worked in primarily prisons and psychiatric hospitals at that time, which was in 2005. And um, I was asked if I would participate in um, encouraging some of the guys who were in the recreational system within the prison system but also mental health services within the prison um, if we could deliver some drama workshops and the thought was that the guys would maybe feel a bit intimidated by that in the outset to write a piece and 
so they thought I could be the kind of building blocks to empower confidence and not feel because it's quite a macho environment as well so you kind of ease them in gently by giving them all these sort of gentler processes to kind of delve into for 10 weeks and then that's when they started doing the kind of really in-depth writing you know like screen not screenplays but plays or drama pieces and performing them to an audience in the end. So I was the kind of catalyst to kind of soften that idea up. And that was it for me, you know, it was just an amazing experience um, and a, a very unique experience as well, because I'd never been in an environment like that before. And also there was the added aspect of, you know, the mental health aspect of people reoffending and you know finding it easier to be institutionalized as opposed to being in the community and a sort of revolving door of offending and we were trying to kind of break that cycle as well um, which is we can't ever really measure that because people go off and once they've done their course or they, they've participated in that project that's when they go off and you know they're either released or they're back in or we don't get any of that information afterwards really you know so um so yeah so i did that for uh, a number of years and then i got offered a job in carstairs which is the highest secure hospital in scotland and i did work there for a year full time and uh, that's as long as I lasted there, to be honest. As an artist, I think um, to be in that environment for any more than that was having an impact on my mental health, really. So um, it was good while I was there. It was an amazing experience, but uh, I moved on. And I continued to work in psychiatric hospitals and prisons. And then I went on to decide to work in the community, the sort of wider community. And I've been doing that ever since. So yeah, until present day. So what, uh, so it was initially, what was it, Barlini Prison? Barlini, yes. But I've worked uh -huh. in a number of prisons. Um, uh -huh. Glen Oakle, uh, Sorry, so can you say that again, just because I interrupted you. So oh, from sorry. That was uh, my fault. Yeah. Um, so I have worked in a number of uh, prison services in Scotland. So uh, young offenders as well. Um, so Berlin is one of them. Glen Oakle, um, Sochden, um, trying to think. Uh, Pullman, uh, Leverndale Hospital, Stobhill Hospital. Carstairs, um, I can't think of any more off the top of my head, sorry. Could I you tell us some... Sorry. No, don't worry, yeah, that's fine. But I have, I've, could you tell us a bit about how the attitude towards using art, on the arts, in um, to help mental health issues differed in prison to the psychiatric uh, wards that you worked on. I, I can imagine they were quite different, but I'd like to know more about that. 
Yeah, it was quite different. One of the things about, you know, like the criminal justice system is that obviously they have sort of health services within those institutions and um, then there's the custodial aspect as well and there is a big sort of separation differentiation between the two and um you know like i think um there's people who are maybe sort of, you know like prison officers maybe are more of a kind of a custodial style and think people should be in there because of what they've done but then there's this kind of uh, other aspect where there's nurses and psychiatric assessments and all those things go on within those institutions as well and it kind of um, you need the right people with the right attitude to kind of work in harmony with these guys and make those things work. So there was always challenges and it's a difference of opinion. And, you know, so, um, but the primarily my whole experience working in the kind of, you know, like the recreational setting, if you like, or the, the, the space where they had designated for those activities the staff there were extremely helpful and supportive you know um and as they should be you know um yeah um, and so, did that was that different in the psychiatric ward that was a lot tougher um yeah i mean i think um we probably only engaged with the people who were maybe in the art rooms, the staff that would be engaging in that, so that would be their kind of territory. Um, and they were kind of set up for people, you know, like you kind of opted in for 10 weeks. So you signed up for a 10 week program and, you know, that was a bit sketchy because sometimes people aren't feeling great and they don't really want to come along. and we wouldn't be able to kind of encourage them or go and visit them on ward or things like that to try and see if how they were feeling, if they would manage to come. Um, I think the kind of, yeah, the hospitals, I still think, I mean, like the, the hospitals that I worked in were secure as well. So it's not that far removed from the setting in the prisons, I don't think it's a bit more warmer sort of you know like atmospheres a bit gentler and so on but um yeah i don't know <laughs> hmm. yeah it sounded tough I, i've been to a psychiatric ward to visit a friend as well and it was not a happy place um i mean i think the space of the art room that we worked in was amazing you know all the facilities that they had and particularly stop hill that was that was a really great art space that they had there i mean they had the proper art sink covered in paint and you know it was, it was really you embraced that whereas now i think it's quite different because a lot of these um sort of designated spaces for those activities have been kind of cleaned up and you know you need to keep the sink clean and you know it's all very weird kind of clinical approach to creativity you know 
and um yeah so do you feel that like if you can compare when you first started to to now and how the arts are viewed in the mental health uh, or care sector do you think there's been a kind of a trying to kind of clean it up in a very non-conducive way to to help how mental health is uh, is aided do you think it's changed for the worse or or for the better or I think hmm, I think it's it has changed. You know, like in the last fifteen years, I would say it has changed, um, particularly within the outer community. I think people are discussing it more, and I think there are more services maybe out there now that you know, are trying to kind of claw in funding to keep these things going. I don't think it's a given that it's there. And there's this uncertainty all the time that things are going to run out. And and this is really bad because, you know, people who rely on these services in the end because they start coming, you know, it's vital to them. It's not just a case of going along and having a nice jolly it's part of the the structure of their week perhaps or it's part of the reason why they they get out the door in the morning or you know so there's yeah i think it's just really i mean we did do some community projects out with way back in 2005 and it was usually around other organ little organizations like Theatre Nemo or you know projectability or uh, festivals like community festivals and things like that and we would you know like design workshops for uh, for those um, those vulnerable people yeah or just for people that maybe needed a bit of support extra support and um i think maybe they have back then oh i've lost my thread so sorry but <laughs> no that's all right yeah don't worry don't worry let's um talk about a project that you uh remember like that that was really memorable uh, one of the most memorable ones i think probably well funnily enough that's a kind of quite a recent one that i was involved in and that was in a secondary school and it was um it was actually um for addressing mental health within young people and um kind of trying to break down this sort of stigma because obviously the scottish government is really concerned at the moment about young people's mental health and even prior to the current situation you know it's it is pretty high and so um we had been asked to go into trinity secondary and um yeah sort of engaging with youngsters is quite <laughs> quite difficult sometimes but there was one young woman who was obviously quite agitated and I think she she tried her very best to wind me up 
quite a lot and I didn't bite but what I did do was I gave her a little bit extra time and helped her kind of because she wasn't really engaging in anything she was feeling really kind of disassociated I think and you know and uh, ended up we did a workshop in one of the big gym halls and we made all these cardboard boxes 500 cardboard boxes we got delivered and we built them all and then we built these enormous sculptures out of them and bridges and you know things like that and um she got really really involved and was actually running the workshop in the end you know like telling everybody what to do and it was all this problem solving and that moment I just sort of stepped back and I was like, wow, that's that's amazing because she's that's her now. She she feels a sense of purpose and she knows that she's clever and she knows that she's got all those abilities to do that. And that was a really that was a special moment for me to see that happen. And there's countless times I've felt like that with people, you know, and groups and it, you know, like when they have their showcases at the end of a project and their families come and you know and there's people who are you know painfully shy but you see them come out of their shell and that sense of achievement in people it's just amazing to see you know um yeah enjoy it it's good. how do how do you um sort of formulate each project does it, are they kind of bespoke or do you have a kind of a catalogue of projects that could be applied to different groups or where's the starting point? And uh, I think what I tend to do is I tend to, um, when I'm asked if I would like to do something, I go, yay, of course I will. And then I find out a bit more about who it is I'll be working with. And quite often I, nobody knows until the first day and you know your your folks come in and it's kind of you're not sure if more people are going to come or so on so I always go in prepared with a workshop and I more often than not don't use that workshop it kind of builds itself because I get to kind of communicate with the people that I'm going to be working with I mean it is all kind of probably um you know you've got your bag of tools like your your paints and your canvases and you know all that but the concepts i think i go in with one but i don't use it because it's up to them to kind of come up with that as a group so i do a bit of ice breaking and things like that um and then it kind of just builds arms and legs and you know it's nurturing it out of them really and allowing them to kind of express where they're coming from. All I have is the kind of how you kind of bring it together. You know, that's all I can bring to them. It's their ideas. I just help, they might not know how to mix color or, you know, and I go, right, well, I can show you how to do that. And, you know, so it is quite bespoke, I think, for the individual. It's tailor-made for that person's needs as well. So some people maybe have tremors and they can't do really delicate stuff. And, you know, we maybe we do a lot of bolder mark making and big 
or you know so you kind of you have to just wait and see you know so yeah you have to be be creative throughout the whole process you have to pre-plan and be prepared to chuck it out the window and yes. move with whatever gets thrown up in in the mix of the making and the you know the unexpected uh, nature of working with people I guess. yeah and that's all part of the you know being creative you know very much so and it's a highlight that all the time when i'm working with people that it's their idea it's their that's the work of art what's going on in here it's how we get it out from here to here to here you know that's mm -hmm. that's the bit that i can only help them with you know mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. so yeah yeah that sounds great just that, that it's nice to work in a, an area where it's surprising to you, yeah. you as well ends out the way you might perceive or you you don't have an expectation apart from that this how will could you, how help. could you have expectations though because everybody's so individual if you're setting yourself to fail if you go in with right we're going to do this and this is how it's going to be i can't operate like that because i'm working with so many different people complex situations um, you know there's quite a lot of tears in my workshops and we have to stop and you know sort certain things out and it's about caring for people and as well you know um and looking after people yeah okay and and when it was you know when you've had sort of tough times professionally and personally as well as there will have been when you're working with people in vulnerable situations have you used your art to or the arts in general to facilitate a kind of have you used them in a cathartic way or have they helped you um in a way that you'd help others with with art yeah I, have yeah I mean I'd, um i think I, w I went through quite a difficult experience uh, a couple of years ago and um I decided I'd had a big long break from painting. I hadn't done anything for myself because I'd been kind of working quite a lot and I'd kind of, it'd gone off the boil, if you like. And um, I was starting to kind of get a little bit stressed and anxious about some stuff. And uh, I decided that's what I was going to do. I was going to start painting when I started feeling like that. And lo and behold, it made me feel better <laughs> you know it really really does i mean I, I remember i tell you know people that i work with quite often you know when i was at art school i had this most amazing experience in my final year where i was in the studio i would get up really early in the morning because i commuted from glasgow as well so two nights a week i would stay in a bed and breakfast in carlisle and then I would get up really early in the morning, go to my studio and I would start painting and I would be there until five o'clock, six o'clock at night. So I'd arrive at seven in the morning and leave at seven or thereabouts. But I actually, at one day, I realised I'd been smiling the entire day. My jaw was sore. I was so kind of in the zone. I had kind of completely being taken away somewhere by it 
And I've told people that, you know, it's like once you start using that side of your brain, <laughs> that's, it's amazing what can happen, you know. Um, I, I definitely went off somewhere and I, I was like this the next day, oh my God, so sore. And I think it was because I was excited but smiling and very strange. But I wasn't conscious of it at the time, you know, so, mm. yeah. So, you, uh, uh, you know, the ideal situation, I guess, is to turn your, all the kind of mental stress and anxiety into bit of muscle ache a bit of face ache you know at the best you know you end yeah. up with that kind of glow and that's your if that's your biggest worry then you're doing all right you yeah know? Yeah. Oh, yeah yeah um i think i think if you work with people and you're honest and genuine and you know true about who you are they they trust you very quickly and you know when you start giving them a little bit of your kind of toolkit, if you like, and it, it building up those relationships is, you know, I'm very fortunate that it's it's a not easy all the time, but I do okay, you know. I can kind of I can nurture things out of people that they maybe inherently have had and have lost. And it's come back again, or it's something new that they're discovering. And so I think it takes particular types of personalities to be able to do that with people within mental health. So I'm really lucky that way, you know. So I think I've probably got um, a little bit of under like what we were discussing about, you know feeling anxiety and stress yourself and how how do you use creativity or do you use creativity to kind of manage it in some kind of way and i definitely honestly say i can't have so you know that gives people an in to kind of go all right i might try that then you know and see how i get on so. hmm. and um going back to the, the sort of uh, the issue of stigma that there is around mental health what what ways have you, you recruited or you know what ways have you come to work with the people who you've worked with given that there is a stigma re related to mental health and and has that changed from early days to now i mean you know You'd hope that mental health awareness was changing and it might be easier, but has that changed and how have you? I, I mean, I think, um, I, I have to kind of be really honest and say, I haven't actually ever, you know, like designed a whole project before. I'm usually sourced in by organizations as a freelancer for 10 weeks or 20 weeks or for whatever. And um, I don't, well, that's not entirely true actually, because I did do a, a, a project up Drum Chapel last year or the year before. And um, it was a doctor a, a art on prescription. It was supposed to be, and it was people were getting referred to um, Sort of creative workshops as a kind of complementary therapy alongside other things 
So, uh, yeah, and I didn't actually have a group to start with because I wasn't getting any referrals. I mean, I was in a room for about two weeks on my own and um, I was getting really frustrated because I felt as though I was getting paid really well for not actually doing anything. So I kind of contacted the community liaison officers and, you know, like I kind of went out myself as opposed to the people that had sourced me to do that. I kind of took, used the initiative and got out there and kind of went and spoke to loads of people. And, and then, you know, after 20 weeks, we had like 15 people coming regularly, people popping in and out and, you know, and it was amazing, but that was it. 20 weeks, boom, gone. And that is, that's not great, you know, because those people really started relying on that facility being there. So I think that is kind of, you know, like, it's not so much the stigma, the, the bit that can, concerns me is that there's not consistency sometimes in delivery it's they they don't keep it going and it's this kind of short-term fix for things and if they appear to be kind of doing these things in the community now and again then they're ticking those boxes but i actually think it should be part of the makeup of all communities you know so stigma hmm. I, I think people do talk more about how they feel about their feelings i think men don't generally most of the groups i participate in it's mainly women um and that's something that i think is really difficult because how do you get out there to speak to them and get them to come? Um, I mean, I have had men in group, my community groups, you know, but there's a huge amount of mental health issues within men, and it's kind of there. They're not, they're not getting out there to kind of try things to see if it helps. Women are much more open to that I think and I don't know whether it's this idea of you know it's doing something creative a bit soft or you know I don't know mm. um, so yeah well, maybe different. there is a bit of a stigma around how people with mental health issues feel particularly men I think they find it difficult to kind of come to terms with saying out loud I need help yeah. so if it was normalized the the very act of making and being creative which in itself is is beneficial for mental health mm -hmm. without needing to say oh come and do this art class you know if you've got a mental health problem if it was more a part of culture and a societal yeah. norm then perhaps that might deal with some of the stigmas related to having to kind of fess up you know you, yeah. if you're, if you're yeah. automatically involved in a society yeah yeah i mean i think that yeah it's in 
I mean, mental mental well-being, mental health, it's such a big issue. It's massive and, you know, it's it's not going to get any better anytime soon because of the current situation. It's just going to, there's a big car crash waiting to happen, you know, and that's a real concern because there's all these charities and projects out there that um, are really vulnerable just now because they don't know whether they're going to be able to keep going and you know it's constantly on the edge trying to kind of claw in funding to keep these amazing things going and it's usually people that um as a result of personal experience have founded these things you know personal sad losses or you know, breakdowns or whatever, and then they go out into the world and create this amazing thing as a result of that. And then they're kind of trying to kind of keep these things going. And it's a full-time job, if not more, to keep it going because you're constantly clawing to make sure that there's money to pay for creative processes to be delivered within the communities. There's, you know... Oh, it's just, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Has that changed over the years from being kind of more centrally funded, like the mental health services, to being very much like about localised bodies that offer it, but that have to support themselves and apply for funding? Has, that, has there been a change? I'm not, I'm not sure if you know, because um, um, it's quite a, yeah, well, a, a fundamental. Yeah, I don't really know the ins and outs of that, to be honest. Because, um, I mean, prior to my lifetime as a community artist, I mean, was it not probably occupational therapy and things like that that was on offer? Not so much. And then there was like things like the special unit in Berlin. Um, and that was, that was, for forming actual artists, you know, that's what that facility was for. And um, that was all cut, you know, and put to bed. And that's a tragedy, that's awful, you know, because that was an incredible um, project. So yeah, maybe it is, a, you know, also, the, the other thing to kind of remember is that there was the big change of, you know, care in the community as well, and um, how that has changed the, the what's the word, the landscape. map, landscape, yeah. yeah, that has changed the whole landscape of how things, um, how things happen, and yeah. It's quite a big question, really, because it's. I don't know if I know the the ins, ins and outs of how it all works. I know that I get asked to do work, and you know, and I get the work when the work's there and the funding's there. But if there's no funding, then I don't know what I would maybe do. You know, it, it would be a difficult one. I don't know. Probably stack shelves. Yeah. <laughs> Start what? Stack shelves or something, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, you know, 
needs must, I guess, but um, hopefully yeah. it won't change in that you're a source, a source of income for you will still be ongoing. But, you know, with COVID, I guess that will change the way you have to do things as well, which is yes. part of it. It's, it's why creativity is so important, I guess, because it's, uh, you know, people that have creative thoughts and you have creative solutions to problems. That's, yeah, which is I mean, part I have, of the, I've had sorry. to... Um, I've had to totally reinvent myself as a community artist um, because I'm no longer in the community but I still work with my group that I was working, two groups that I was working with prior to lockdown and we didn't furlough or anything like that at Grace and we kept it going so we started doing WhatsApp support groups and we do technology. Um, my colleague and friend, um, Ricky Trainer, he um, he's been doing sort of digital literacy with this group. I mean, that's another thing um, is kind of getting people up to speeds and giving them access to technology because they really are losing out if they don't have those skills. And thankfully, for the last two years, we've been working really hard at getting people savvy to a level where they can navigate and they have an email account or, you know, they can make claims online that they really need or because that's the way it's going. And um, yeah, so having to teach online is really, really tricky because you like I was saying, you need to be there to nurture somebody that's feeling quite fragile. And I'm in the business of making people feel better, not worse. So I find that a real challenge because I can't actually hold somebody if they're upset or feeling frustrated or, you know, it's, it's very tricky. But we're doing great because they're amazing. They really are. They're so good. They keep coming, keep on coming and seeing me on Zoom. And we do lots of activities, but they're kind of on their own doing the activity now, which is totally different, you know, so. Could you tell us more? Because we haven't really talked much about Grace, actually. Yeah. We should have, because uh, well, we should definitely before we finish, because yeah. that's a major part of your work. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Grace is um, group recovery, aftercare, community enterprise, and they are based in Kirkintilloch. And um, I've been working with, uh, and it was founded by a man called Robert Grace, uh, Robert Smith, rather, sorry. And um, yeah, so he works, uh, he's set up this organization and it's very much around um, peer driven support. So we've got quite a lot of members and it is about us all helping each other. But he's also got, you know, like, uh, practitioners in to support. So there's um, well being support, digital technology support, uh, drama. Um, I've been doing animation in one of the community centres and then drawing and painting we were doing just before lockdown and the other one. 
So this was this is like a, I've been working with them off and on for since 2017, but this is like a two-year project that they got funding for for me to come and be their artist in residency. So um, yeah, so we've been doing animation and so on. But the, the amazing thing about Grace is that it is all kind of about really supporting each other and it's very much i suppose they describe themselves as a big family you know and they the things that they kind of get up to they they fundraise and they they do so many different kind of things they've got sewing like it's called pins and needles and but it is done by volunteers and members but then some members go on who have come into Grace at the beginning feeling very fragile as a result of their own personal experience. Um, and just incidentally, before I go any further, Grace is um, open to anyone who has experienced any trauma. That could be anything at all. So that's from uh, divorce or bereavement or addiction or whatever so it's it's alongside other therapies if you like yeah so um yeah the the group they come in and they sort of do these sort of programs for 10 weeks and then once they kind of start building up a confidence in themselves because they do self-development and Oh, so many different things. I can't even think of them all off the top of my head. But then there's one that has gone off to learn how to do yoga professionally. And now she delivers yoga classes to the group as a kind of facilitator. So that's what we're aiming for is getting people to kind of get back out there and, you know, start taking part in the community, but also um, self-development as well which I think is fabulous you know that's just so exciting for people to kind of get that you know so it's, it's run on a model whereby the service users become the experts and then go back to teaching the, yes. the service users and yeah yes. yeah that's brilliant that's it brilliant. is amazing it really is amazing but no I was just wondering as well about you know, mental health is such a personal thing. Everyone's got such a individual story. Of course, there are commonalities, but do have you experienced um, the using the arts in a communal setting or, or on projects where collaboration is really crucial, or are the projects that you've worked on, and have they? always been very individualistic and very personal because it's such a kind of painful thing to 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 talk through and it and um and work through and everyone's individual trauma um is this in relation to producing art you mean or like the members or the, you know like the people making art based on their their well-being because it's not really that's yeah, not I, what I, that's not really what we do because it's so, quite often people want to kind of escape the kind of humdrum of feeling rubbish 
you know, so they want to maybe paint a flower and a rainbow or, you know, and then I might suggest, oh, we could make that into a sculpture. There's something quite sculptural about your drawing or, and that's how it kind of happens. So it's kind of, so, yeah, I mean, I'm quite into using found objects to create things and, you know, give them meaning. And, you know, so it's getting people to kind of put, contextualize and think as well about creativity, not just the making. So I think um, collaboration, yeah, because I collaborate before. with them. Mm, but it's very much sort of between you and the individual rather than kind of uh, working. Oh, as yeah, it's like a, I see what you mean now. No, it's usually the individual thing and giving them their own personal journey, I think, as well. I mean, we collaborate in a sense that we all have maybe a, we always have a kind of showcase or an exhibition and that process is all about collaborating together and, you know, um curating and things like that getting them to make decisions about what they want to exhibit and why and um you know presentation you know things like that and then it becomes a very collaborative experience um i do collaborate a lot with my colleagues and we kind of you know we we talk a lot about ideas and you know how we can uh, maybe come up with concepts that they've already kind of come up with but how do we kind of formulate that into something tangible um, but yeah it's I mean I never ever want to take control of their ideas and present it out there on their behalf I don't think that's my right to do that. I think they have to take responsibility for their own work and, you know, and that's the full journey of that process. So, yeah. And I, I suppose we'll finish up sort of soon, but I was thinking about how the your process might have changed over the years. Like, ha, has have your ideas changed about how to use art within mental health circles and, and has the system changed um as well like its philosophies or its ways of working mm, i think i just um i suppose i've personally from my perspective i'm a bit more organized maybe and i've got a big toolkit now and um you know just you know i I've tried things and I know they work and you know but I think um I'm, oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah so I'm just stretching for thoughts I mean I suppose people are fundamentally the same from you know thousands of years we've changed society's changed yeah. but like the fundamental perhaps the fundamental makeup of a human and how humans respond are not so changed i don't know i don't know what you think i mean you get lots of yeah sort of different schools of thought that you know there might have been uh received wisdom or a way of working 
in the 90s that it sort of seems completely weird yeah now. i think well the formula you're talking about formulas here aren't you really of how to kind of deliver something i suppose and i don't think my formula has changed that much if we're going to put it into words i think um it's yeah I think I'm probably more organised, I've got more experience um, and yeah, I think I'm quite good at what I do, I've got better at it as well, but I, I haven't done that alone, I've done that via those people, all, thousands of people that I've worked with, they're the ones that I'm learning with, you know, I, I see myself as a lifelong learner and you know, but it's, I can't really put, I'm just a human being and I, put, I can't find it easy to put that into words, I think. I'm just, uh, I do what I do and I'm passionate about it. I'm passionate about people. I care about people and I just like being creative, you know, that's my, and I like sharing it with people and giving them the power in their hands of what that can be as well mm. so i suppose i haven't changed that much i don't think but the world yeah the world's changed a lot mm. in 15 years yeah mm. yeah i guess uh, there'll be new problems that we're dealing with that you know adding to the list of mental health problems that we have things like but insecurity of the world climate change and covid yeah. i don't know you know yeah. maybe job losses and and job insecurity i guess that's not changed for there's always been kind of no, i think and probably technology is probably the biggest change for people in our lifetime you know just internet and you know it's a bit of a bind at times having to just know that that's the way it's going and I think that puts a lot of pressure on people particularly now because you don't have much choice now you've got to be in it you know and I think that's really hard because there's a whole heap of generation that you know just find it so difficult to engage in that and it's like some may feel it's too late and but they can't afford to be like that that's the awful tragedy about it is that people who aren't feeling great um and have been around on the world and the planet longer than me <laughs> and their their challenges of trying to kind of opt in are very limited because they aren't hooked up to technology. And that's one of the things that Grace is really concerned about. And that's why they are so focused on digital literacy, but find that using it as a creative platform. So my colleague Ricky always says, think about it, it's your birthday, you're 10 years old, you've got given this toy, you love it, and you just delve right into it. But you know, like, this is a tablet or an iPad. Try and be that 10 year old, you know, and just play with it because it's not going to explode, you know. It's, but that's how you feel if you don't know how to work these things. It's like, oh, it, 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 it 
brings on panic and anxiety. So there's the, the youngsters, they are up against it. And then there's, <laughs> you know, I don't know who, am I in the middle somewhere? Yeah, I think I'm a middle breed where I didn't really have it, but then I've opted into it and I've been brave enough to kind of muddle through it. So yeah, that's probably one of the, maybe that's one of the things that has caused an awful lot of anguish is the speed of things, speed of life, and the, how we're exposed to so many different things around the world, which we weren't before, that can have a big impact. So it's not always good news. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really interesting, isn't it? I mean, yeah. uh, I know just, you're just talking away and I'm listening and it's really interesting, but I guess that is a real challenge and it's quite uncomfortable for artists, perhaps, I'm maybe speaking just personally, but mm -hmm. you know, for, for something, for mediums that are very time orientated and the learning is very based on process and practice and perfection and 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 playing you know that having maybe losing that kind of connection you were saying before about you know things have to be processed in your brain and then go through your mouth and and then come out through your hands and and onto paper or formed in clay or movement those sort of processes are much well there's a, a complete um you know a lack of that process you know it's not very process driven yeah, the world that we live in that, that yeah. perhaps maybe thought mm. Mm. yeah maybe yeah. there's a, it's a le maybe the world especially with covid is, is very much less sensory you know we have to wear face masks and oh definitely yeah. or breathe as easily and you're you know things that you're not allowed to touch or hug and that's quite a challenge, I think, isn't it? Especially when you're dealing with process so much and the, that it's so important that people have extended periods of time where they um, practice and, cal yeah. and be calm and still. And that's, that's the medium, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's why I, at the moment um, I would describe it as crisis management, what I'm doing in terms of working and trying to be supportive. I mean, like quite often in my Zooms at the moment, it's we just talk about life and then we talk a little bit about art and maybe I've made a demo and I was part of the project that we're doing at that point and I show that. But like you, we were saying earlier, they kind of have to go off and do it on their own. And that if you're not comfortable with that process, it's very difficult to stick with it unless you've got somebody there to kind of nurture you and encourage you. And I do try to do that through, you know, messaging and, you know, but I, I mean, like, an email is not going to really cut it, really. I don't think, you know, you kind of need to be with people to help that happen. Yeah, it's, it's the very, very open to interpretation words and 
I think there's a yeah you don't get the sense of warmth or um that you do from being in person huh yeah 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 Yeah, but it's it's grand that you're still able to connect and hopefully when all this is when all this blows over you know all the processes and time and relationships you've built up will just continue you know but it's good that you have to keep it going while we're dealing with all the craziness yeah, at the moment definitely yeah. um yeah. i'm so glad we didn't furlough i think i would have oh. just i don't know what i would i wouldn't be well at the moment i don't think if i'd been furloughed so and it means that we you know we couldn't abandon all these people that we were already engaging with imagine that because all lots of their other services had to kind of grind to halt for a while and so it's quite a dangerous thing, you know, just making sure that everybody's okay and just connecting. I think that's kind of my role at the moment is connecting with people in this way. Yeah. So they don't feel alone or frightened or isolated or yeah. I mean like one of the things I'm a wee bit concerned about is how you know, we're trying to normally, we're trying to encourage people to come out and take part in community. But, we, you know, like, the fear is that, you know, there's expectations to continue doing stuff online and, you know, post-COVID and enabling people to stay isolated there's a kind of question mark in my mind about that about you know i worry about you know there's lots of people switching over to working remotely and i can't do that long indefinitely that's just not going to work you know so i don't want to enable people to kind of isolate themselves and stay indoors and just stare at a screen all day you know that's not good for anyone so anyway (laughs) digressing sorry are you carrying on your own are you managing to carry on your own artwork i did do a little bit of painting at the beginning because um yeah i was trying to kind of reinvent my my work process and that was quite stressful because it's a tiny wee house we're in and I've got a seven-year-old and we were homeschooling and my husband was doing a great job but it it was quite stressful at the beginning but it settled down and got used to it but yes I did do a little bit here and there um, and I did presents for friends that I promised them long time ago. I did some paintings for some friends and posted mm. them as a kind of COVID happy meal, <laughs> things like that. But yeah, nice. I, mean, I do have a studio yeah. well, that's um, lovely. I need to get back to. I've got a studio which um, I have been into for the first time this week since March and um i need to get back in there that'll help me get my creative juices going again so yeah yeah you sound like you put in the hours when you went to uni it's 12 hour days you know i think it's amazing that you yeah you just sort of became the the art you know just 
there for that long it's brilliant you know endurance yeah you've got I love stamina that. yeah <laughs> well yeah. that's one thing i do that's have real. is stamina <laughs> yeah 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 and yeah, um, yeah, deter yeah i think I'm, oh. I'm probably quite a determined person um i didn't i think that's part of just kind of going back to being at school i didn't engage in school so i think I'm dyslexic and i was discovered as a dyslexic in my second year doing my degree and um yeah so i was kind of written off a wee bit at school you know as a time waster yeah. and i kind of gave up as well so i think that's another thing you know how education kind of conditions you as a person it can shape who you become so much you know and i think i probably had a whole heap of hang-ups until i was about 28 and i went as a mature student to college and then i realized oh i'm not that bad after all i'm not that stupid you know i've got a brain <laughs> so and i talk about that with people quite a lot it makes me human you know they're like oh you have school with nothing and you're doing this now and wow that's pretty cool you know and so it's a very human thing isn't it just being able to kind of be honest and true and if you can do that then you're on a winner you know yeah <laughs> don't know what to say now sorry ben yeah yeah no it's good um no i suppose it, it it highlights to them and to you like that the boot could have easily been on the other foot you know you had some a few different kind of experiences might have led you to a life that was less clear or you might not have found that thing it was a kind of fortune it was fortune in some way and a little bit of hard hard work and insight positivity but you know it could have quite easily with your school experience been very different you know and and yeah. it's good for people that you work with to see that you know actually we're not so different and you know you can leave school without anything and and um work oh, at yeah. it and yeah yeah, yeah. And, and i think um sort of people talk about barriers to learning and all that kind of stuff in education particularly in schools and things like that and you know i think well obviously poverty is one of them and you know um and that impacts on mental health and well-being and there's so many kind of we're, none of us are that far away from having breakdowns or you know everybody's vulnerable to it you know so if you can kind of uh, build a community of people who know that and can support people that aren't experienced in it, then that's good, you know, you need to keep that. You need to kind of, that's, that's really important to keep it in place or you know, mm. if we can't help people then what, what's going to happen? you know i don't know it's just yeah oh it's great <laughs> it's a bit yeah. deep yeah, yeah. <laughs> no it's, it's it's grounding though to 
to yeah. be aware of the problems not not you know you have to be don't you otherwise you just you know you could be bohemian artists if you want we could all be bohemian artists i guess but that wouldn't be very fulfilling so yeah no. yeah yeah i think using art as a way to engage in the with people is a good way in you know um any creative processes at all whether it's digital or if it's drama or like you say or writing creative writing or patchwork or you know anything like that that can bring people together only good things come from that you know yeah 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 oh that's fabulous um is there anything else that you needed or wanted to say before we wrap it up no i think that's it i think that's it then yeah, yeah i'm quite happy if you're happy oh, i'm thanks. happy yeah yeah, definitely. That's grand. Thanks a lot. 